Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Boy, gets to win it. Between circles, shoots and scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the winner for the Oilers in He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. It's the return of Reggie. Andre Sekera set to go for your Edmonton Oilers, expected to play tomorrow night against the St. Louis Blues. He has not played since Game 5 early last May. Second round playoff series against the Anaheim Ducks suffered that torn ACL. He's good to go. Much needed return for him on the Oilers' blue line. He's expected to slide right into the spot vacated by Oscar Kleffbaum, who, of course, has been placed on injured reserve. You will hear from Andre Sekera as we move along tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, we have the Oilers and the Blues tomorrow, 530 face-off show, and the game will start at 7. And then the last game before Christmas is going to be a fun one at Rogers Place. Always an incredible atmosphere when the Canadians come to town. 3.30 face-off show, 5 o'clock puck drop on Saturday night. The man calling the games on Chet and the Oilers Radio Network, my good buddy Jack Michaels. Jack, how's it going? Good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. And, uh, man, you know, we've seen Sekra getting closer, taking part in drills, taking part in drills, and you kind of really suspected it yesterday with the Clefbaum move that the subsequent move was going to be Sekera sliding in. Well, and it helps tremendously for the Oilers to have that kind of depth on the blue line, and that's where, you know, not only Sekera coming back, but the acquisition of Brandon Davidson from waivers. I mean, that was a huge pickup, read because it gives you the flexibility to give Clefbaum some time off at a – you know, a strange point in the year where you're talking about time off, middle of the season, you know, Clefbaum needs some attention, uh, needs a rest, quite frankly, and you don't have that opportunity to spot him in and out of the lineup if you don't have not only the return of Sekera, but, again, the return of Davidson. I think it's, you know, really bodes well for Edmonton. I mean, lest we forget, Yohan Obitu, who's probably going to be a scratch again tomorrow night, he's actually played well. He's been a plus player He's moved the puck well. He's contributed offensively. So all of a sudden, the Oilers, and it wasn't too long ago we were talking about the lack of depth on their blue line. You know, they're going to go 8-9 deep here pretty quick. And, you know, there's going to have to be a decision made because obviously you can't carry nine defensemen. So it's a good problem for Tom McClellan to have, and it's one that I don't think we were anticipating would would be uh, an issue, uh, even as, you know, recently as three, four weeks ago. 
Well, you're right, and you wonder what's going to happen on D, and you hope that there is a decision to make and that everybody stays healthy over the next uh, week or two. And we don't expect Clefbaum to be out a, a long time, maybe a week, maybe two at the most. The Oilers, uh, as I mentioned, these two games and then back at it a week from tonight in Winnipeg for their first post-Christmas game. Jack, what has struck you the most as the biggest, or what has struck you as the biggest change in the Oilers over the last six or seven games? Well, I mean, first of all, again, uh, the reacquisition of Brandon Davidson. He's, you know, given them a bit of a minutes eater back there. Another guy who can play 17, 18 minutes, who doesn't get exposed uh, on either the penalty kill or five on five. I mean, I think he's only been on the ice for a couple of goals against. I mean, he's he's been rock solid. He's not going to, you know, win you any games by himself. But again, he kind of fulfilled that, you know, he just filled a role when the Oilers desperately needed it of of basically mistake proof hockey and, and and rounded out their their six defensemen. The other thing that's happened, of course, is is the move with to go to the three center icemen. And you know, individually, it's not as though McDavid and Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle have lit it up since they all you know were were now aligned one two three. It's not like those three players have had a huge last month or so, but it's the other players with those three center icemen helping them and, and getting their games going. It's the other players where you start to see the balance. You, you start to see, you know, deeper in the lineup. Strom banged in a couple the other night. Jujar Kara has come on. He's obviously found some chemistry with Dry Subtle. Patrick Maroon, you know, a goal and an assist, bit of a breakout against San Jose. And perhaps most importantly, yes, a Puliyarvi on the right side of Connor McDavid. That's given Edmonton guys to help support the offensive cause and not necessarily rely on McDavid and Drysaddle that line to carry them through uh, the first third of the season. And and so it's it's interesting how you know even as I say, well, you move the three center, you know, you move the three centers. It hasn't meant a big jump for them, but it's helped out the other players a great deal. And you know what? Very quietly, Mark Letestu is on track for another career year. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that that fourth line has chipped in a number of key goals in the last couple of weeks. Zach Cassian, of course, you know, went scoreless for the first 19 or 20. He's contributed. And Kara's resurgence started on that fourth line where he found a home with Letestu and Cassian, and his confidence has increased to the point where he's been elevated up in the lineup without any fall-off. Jack Michaels, Oilers play-by-play voice, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. The Oilers have won eight of their last 13. They will try for their first three-game winning streak all season long. That's hard to believe. Tomorrow night when they host the St. Louis Blues and they continue to hang around in that playoff race. Still a lot of work to do, but uh, chasing third in the division, chasing the wild card spot, it's going to be a long process for them to step back in. I should also mention Nathan Walker going back to the Washington Capitals. They claimed him on waivers, so Walker, a brief Oilers career, two games, uh, an incredible story coming from Australia to make the NHL, but his stay uh, in Edmonton, ultimately a, a brief one. Um, Jack, I, I got to ask you something else. You and I uh, are, you know, we're pretty big sports fans. And I, okay, first of all, fair to say uh, hockey and football, your top two before I get into my specific question, because that's what Absolutely. it is for me. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're obviously similar there. Um, the National Football League has been around... I believe officially since 1920 was it the seed was first planted. Obviously, the the form was a lot different. 
Why has it taken them almost a century to figure out what a catch is? Well, it's funny because when I was growing up, they knew what a catch was. Right. And uh, so I don't know why this has suddenly become the bane of our existence when it comes to watching the National Football League. And it's a shame because that was, of course, by far and away the most entertaining game of the season. And you had, you know, the catch come up. I, I do think there's a certain degree of logic in basically giving the officials carte blanche as they do on penalties, uh, you know, to, to rule what a catch is. I mean, after all, you can't objectify everything in the game, and you don't have a situation where the penalties can be reviewed and, and you know, judgment calls can be made on that, and I think that's where we are at a catch right now. It's either a catch or not. So either give the officials on the field or the replay judge some degree of logic and count that his logic will dictate that the right call is being made. Because uh, I think there's no question that even if you wanted to use uh, the current term, making a football play, the only reason that puck, or that uh, ball was jarred loose the other day was that Jesse James did make a football play in stretching the ball over the goal line to make sure a touchdown was recorded. So it's one of those things that, unfortunately, it's just become a giant mess. It's been a problem for a long time. And that's, you know, that's what happens with HD and replay. It's not all good. And we've seen it in the NHL with the offside calls. I think, I think to some degree, Reed, I could say the same thing about the National Hockey League in the sense that I've seen now enough games to realize that I'm not quite sure what offside is anymore, and I certainly don't know what the proper definition of goalie interference was. And, uh, you know, if it sounds like sour grapes that I'm referring to a certain game five in last year's, uh, you know, <laughs> quarter NHL quarterfinal, then so be it. That also, as, as you rightfully point out, happened to be the last game that Andre Sacker played. In. But, uh, you know, it, it both both sports have come a long way with HD, and it's allowed the fans to enjoy the game a great deal. And I think it's uh, unfortunately bred a, a couple of these issues. Baseball, the same thing. You know, the pop-up slide where all of a sudden the guy slides safely in the second base and his foot happens to come off for a split second. Right. It's the same kind of thing. <laughs> when you open the door to replay, unfortunately you start complicating things where logic dictates a different uh, solution. Well, look, in this chair, I hear, uh, uh, the. I mean, the NFL, we don't talk as much NFL, but we hear what is a catch. In the CFL, we hear what is pass interference. In the NHL, we hear the complaints about offside. And one thing that a lot of listeners suggest, and I tend to agree with them, that video review is great, but watch it at full speed. If you can't tell if it's an offside at full speed, maybe you shouldn't call it for him, his skate being four millimeters off the ice. And maybe even maybe if you want to judge what a catch is in the NFL, don't slow it down because the ball is always moving when you look at it frame by frame. The ball always appears to be sliding around when you watch it frame by frame. Full speed's a different story. Well, it's a football. I mean, it's not like the guy's holding a golf ball. If the guy was holding a golf ball, trust me, it wouldn't have been moving around in his hand. When he, you know, I mean, a football is not a natural, you know, ball for you to necessarily hold. You usually have it, you know, pinned against your elbow, tucked against your ribs. Uh, there's not many guys out there that are palming the football on, a, and, and if they do. They're, they're criticized for carrying it like a loaf of bread. So it's it's one of those things where, again, I, I think common sense needs, needs to come into play. And I'd say the same, the same thing for offside. I mean, the NHL is a speed game, and 
and it's a fluid game. And that's why, quite frankly, there are times where I really have a hard time with some of the analytics that are at play in the National Hockey League because unlike baseball, which is a stationary sport, which begins with all nine players in the field at a certain degree of rest, uh, hockey is a fluid sport. No one's ever just standing around, or, you know, or, or subtly shifting their feet a few feet, other, you know, one way or the other. So that's why sometimes uh, when we get into the the metrics of today's NHL, uh, not all of that can be applied because, like I said, we're dealing with fluid players rather than stationary position players. Jack, we're going to finish it off with a question from the audience tonight on the text line. Coach Mike texting 630-630. Hey, Reed, can you ask Jack about calling games from Rogers Place? How is it compared to Rexall Place? Well, calling games for Rogers Place is a little bit more challenging because you're further back and higher up. Uh, Rexall Place, you were kind of, you know, you had the gondola, so you were kind of perched over like a gargoyle, and, and you were relatively high up, but you were right on top of it. And and so the players were immediately beneath you. So, you know, to that extent, it is a little bit further, but it's it's made easier by the fact that it's, of course, you know, it's it's my team we're talking about. So I know the guys, their their skating styles and, and things of that nature. So I don't necessarily need the number or or anything of that nature. But I do know from you know the opposition broadcaster's point of view, they found it a, a great deal more challenging because it, it was hard to beat uh, the bird's eye view we had at Rexall. Perched like a gargoyle, line of the yeah. night, buddy. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, well, remember when Snoopy, he loved to be the vulture and he'd get himself all hunched up. <laughs> That's right. Like diagonal on his doghouse. Remember, and, you know, he'd have the deep, deep set eyes. That's kind of how you were at Rexall Place, poised to strike at any time. Rogers Place, you almost got to channel your inner Jimmy Superfly. Otherwise, you're not making it. Wow. Another, that's another great reference. Hey, Jack, thanks for coming on tonight, buddy. I'll see you at the morning skate. Always love having you on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Reed. Jack Michaels checking in tonight, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers on 6.30 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. And yes, the big news today, Andre Sekera recovered from that ACL, ready to go tomorrow against the St. Louis Blues. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet. So here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Columbus leads Toronto 2-0 after the first period. Red Wings and Flyers are scoreless about six minutes into the game. Coming up at 7.30, St. Louis is at Calgary. And then, of course, the Blues are here tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock game start here on 6.30. Ched, World Junior tune-up game. Canada leading the Czech Republic 3-0 with about three and a half minutes left in the second period. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Ched, the irreplaceable Patrick Bauer is on the other side of the window this evening. Patrick, good to see you. You too. What a, what a nice tee up there. Irreplaceable. Is this our last show together before... Christmas. Uh, no, I am in tomorrow as well. Oh, you're doing the hockey game tomorrow? Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, oh. there is no show tomorrow, so I guess it is our last show together. Well, you know, well, we'll be working together tomorrow. Just we won't be able to see each other. <laughs> so sad. You'll be here. It's, it really is, really is quite tragic, Patrick Bauer. If I had a violin, I'd play it right now. So, <laughs> well, we that's the one thing we need. We need an inside sports in-house band. I can play guitar and drums. 
Um, I don't know about at the same time. <laughs> you could be a one-man band. I'm willing to try. <laughs> Andre Sekera back for the Oilers and, uh, yeah, working through the rehab. Not the most fun thing in the world. Well, it's painful, but, uh, you know, it's part of the game, part of the process. You, got, you just got to stay on top of it, uh, be positive, and, uh, you know, do all the things you do to make sure you come back healthy and uh, ready to go. Adam Larson said it looks like you have not missed a step at all. Do you feel as, as good as you need to feel? I feel as good as I need to feel to be playing at, at this level. Um, I'll just go out, play hard, and try to help this team win a game. You ready to go tomorrow? Are you ready to go tomorrow? Uh, I'm, I'm ready to, to roll, so... Was it difficult to be patient throughout this whole process? Uh, at the beginning, it was a little bit difficult because after the surgery, there's only certain things you can do, and it gets old. But uh, then after after every stage of the rehab, you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So uh, it was getting better and better, and then uh, you know you finally get used to it, and then uh, then every single new thing is uh, like a kick in the butt and a new engine, new starting point. So uh, it was getting better and better, and. Uh, as I said, I'm 100% ready to go. Are you nervous about going back out there for the first time? I'm excited. <laughs> Not nervous, excited. So Sekra is ready. Looks like he'll play alongside Matthew Benning. Nurse will stay with Russell. Davidson will stay with Larson. Ovita and Griba will remain scratches. Todd McClellan, the head coach of the team, was asked if Sekra is going to jump right in there on special teams. The plan is to use him in those situations, but his play and his ability to read and react and the pace that he plays at and how he feels physically uh, will dictate how much he gets in those areas. Uh, we want him up and running as quick as possible, so he's going to need to experience the power play and the penalty kill. Uh, but if it's not clicking for him right off the bat, then we'll cut him back. But I can't give you a um, uh, you know an exact formula. He'll dictate that by his play and, and his reaction to the play. Well, one thing about Sekera, I mean, I think we've come to appreciate during the, the two full seasons he did play, he's a very subtle player, but a very effective player. He doesn't go, go out there and slam guys into the boards or shoot the puck at 110 miles an hour, but he's a crafty player, very efficient, and hopefully that'll be able to help the penalty kill and the power play as well. Definitely a good passer, guy good at both skating the puck up the ice and distributing it, so uh, that can only help the power play. doesn't necessarily have a huge bomb from the point, but he's going to slide in there for cleft bomb. Mark Letestu looking forward to Sekera's return. I think everything he does is, is simple. Uh, he never really tries to complicate things. He's a, he's a first-pass guy, always makes a simple play. Uh, the power play, we're already talking about how he just... It's not even a hard shot, but it gets through all the time. Uh, I think he just does a lot of things that go unnoticed and make him solid. And then when he's gone, you really you recognize the void that it leaves, how good he actually is and what he means to this team. Uh, so when we get him back, it'll be, uh, it'll be a big lift. All right, a little more from Latestu and McClellan. You'll also hear from Chris Russell as we move along tonight inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. So Talbot 2-0 since returning from injury. The Oilers will try to win three straight for the first time all season. Taking on the Blues tomorrow, Andre Secker expected to return. You can get more on 630 chedcom We'll have the game for you 530 
face-off show. Game at 7. It's Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'm pleased to be joined in studio by a man you hear from 9 to noon every day here on 630 Ched, the host of the appropriately named Ryan Jesperson show. It is Ryan Jesperson. You know that uh, only two guys applied to host that show. Uh, the other is a, is a conductor. He's a he's an orchestral conductor in the state of Connecticut, I believe. Uh, it's Ryan Jesperson with an O. And, uh, and unfortunately, he was unqualified to host the show. Uh, and so it fell in my lap. Maybe he was I, overqualified. He may have, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. And uh, But you and I need to get on the same page, Reed, because I just noticed we were not communicating with each other. There was no synergy through the commercial break. We did not know that each of us uh, were composing our own cheeky tweets, promoting... Yeah. Cool promoting what we've got going on. So I noticed that you just said that I'm coming fresh off uh, a brilliant performance in afternoon shinny hockey, yeah. and I let everybody know that you and I are about to light up the AM radio like a couple of Christmas trees. We are going to do that. Yeah. And and by the way, a bel- a happy belated Hanukkah to our Jewish friends. They just last night lit the eighth candle in Hanukkah. Now, uh, I play c- hockey with some some fellas, uh, and they were just letting me know. I said, so, so was last night a big night? And they're like, well, you know, Hanukkah. They're like, we don't actually really care much about Hanukkah. They're like, everybody wishes us a happy Hanukkah. They go, we care more about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. They said Hanukkah is not really that big of a deal. But I said, if I were to wish you a happy belated Hanukkah, they, they just said, yeah, that would be meaningless. Oh really? Yeah, okay. save your breath. So we won't. So so, so that's so so, well, so. I hope if you if you were hoping to convey happy Hanukkah wishes to your friends of the Jewish faith, I hope that you did it in the eight days before today. Because now it's done. D- don't don't try to do it now. It's like a belated birthday. People don't. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to people when you recognize. Oh, it was your birthday last week? Happy birthday! Yeah. People are like I've moved Birthdays on. Birthdays like one day late. Yes. maybe is okay. Especially maybe if you don't see the person. Ma- oh, you don't sure. know that's, them well, well. Yeah, but yeah. Or if their birthday's on a Wednesday and you want to party with them on a Saturday, that's fine. Yeah, right? if they know if it's planned, yeah. Well, well, it doesn't have to be planned. It's nice it? to make people sweat it out. Wonder if their friends actually do remember <laughs> or even care hey, about hey, them. Hey, do that to your friends, everybody. Yeah. Pretend you forgot their birthday. <laughs> it's it's the new thing. <laughs> so, Pretend like you forgot your wedding anniversary. It's it's the new <laughs> forgetting is well, the new remembering. Yeah, you know all about that. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to do that. Now? Uh, we've been married about seven and a half years. Quick story about Ryan Jesperson's marriage. So oh, you, you and I were working together at City TV, and you guys, did you not, uh, you and Carrie, did you not do a destination wedding? We did. We went to Costa Where Rica. Where was it? I was going to say Lake Wadman, but it was Costa Rica. <laughs> it was very similar. <laughs> pretty, pretty, nice coal plant by Costa Rica. Don't take so, shots at Wadman. No, I'm not. I used to, you I just grew up near Wadman. I grew up in Evansburg. I used okay. to play Wadman well, in hockey all the time. Okay, fair enough. So, so. Is there a big Evansburg-Wadman rivalry? Uh, I don't know. We used to play them in hockey, so I guess to some extent. Well, I mean, did you get did you get extra jacked up when you when you were going to play Wobbleman? Uh, I wish I could remember. <laughs> yeah, many moons ago. I'd only played competitive hockey till I was like thirteen or something. So, Jess and I were working together at City TV, and our desks were in this kind of common area. And I was over talking to you one day, and there's a picture of of your from your wedding on your desk, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great photo," and you're like, "Thanks," and I said. Uh, I looked at it again. I said, is that a digital picture frame? And you were like, no. And I was like, oh, I said, it just looks like it might be digital. And I was like, and you were like, maybe I just got high quality photos, Reed. You ever thought of that? It's my wedding. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's nice. And then I just kind of slinked away and I was like, geez, I really like, 
offended Jespo. And then I was at your desk two days later, and I was like, that's a different photo than what was on that frame before. And you're like, yeah, it's a digital frame. Yeah. I was just messing with you. <laughs> you did a good job. A, well, yeah. thank you, because you're that's typically you. That's your role in the workplace. I wouldn't necessarily I don't know say if, that. I don't know if people know that you're a, you're a bit of a, you're not a prankster. I can't stand pranksters. People that, people that are pulling pranks. No, like I don't put in the workplace. vomit on like, your chair. We're 40, right? You know, get the, the whoopee cushion under the, you know, like we're 40. Knock it off, you know? Don't hide my headphones. Don't hide my, you know, don't put Vaseline on my desk phone. Just kidding. I never answer my desk phone. Uh, <laughs> well, but I don't even have one anymore. But you do have a, you do have a, 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 a sly sense of humor that you employ in the workplace. Thank you, I guess, yes. at times. Yes. I enjoy, well, I thought I should offer up I enjoy some. the odd quip. I enjoy the odd bit of levity in the workplace. <laughs> you do. You do. Yes. You, you celebrate levity in the there workplace. There are times I may mislead people as to <laughs> for your own, certain For facts. your own entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, as you did with the picture frame. So, okay, you just were playing uh, hockey this afternoon? Yeah, I was playing shinny with the boys, as we do every okay, now, Wednesday. what do you call it? Is this, okay, so it's shitty. It's not men's shinny. league. It's not beer league. Well, it's kind of beer league, yeah. It's like it's it, it's 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 darks and lights, right? Not not skin, jersey color. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're all for inclusion. Uh, but yeah. It's not it, shirts and skins. It's not shirts and skins. Yeah. For one but, team. Uh, but uh, yeah, like every week, like pretty much, the same guys go dark, same you're guys not in go the light. You guys right. No, we're not time. in the league. We okay, just have so a nice I, time I every... have a question, and I fully... Uh, I, I mean, I, I've talked about my, myself enough. I'm sure people know my physical activity is... Uh, I'm a fairly dedicated runner. Not not an elite, everyday runner. Compared but, to me, but, you but are I, an elite runner. I run one or two half marathons a year. In the summer, I can really crank up the kilometers, you know, when I'm working a little less. What are you doing running in the summer? That seems like the worst time to be running. It's nice out. You yeah, go that, down exactly. That's why you should not be running. You should be on a patio. Valley. Well, I happen to do both. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. If you're running to the a more patio. The more I run, the more I can consume <laughs> later on. It's like, oh, I burnt a lot of calories. Better fill up. Fair so enough. is there, let me ask you, and people can also text 630-630. In your, in your mind, Jespo, is there a difference between men's league and beer league when it comes to hockey. No. Beer league is a, is a is a phrase. Beer league is a generalization. Okay. Beer league is how you characterize that that we all have to go to work to our real jobs in the morning, right? You know, probably shouldn't be fighting, but we wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> you know, there may or may not be beer in the dressing room or the parking lot or at a local pub afterward, but it's it's not uh, necessary. It's it's not uh, you know, there 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 could be teetotal playing in a beer league, Reed. Um, but I but I would say if you're, you know, beer league goes up until like senior men's hockey. Like if you're not playing for the Allen Cup, you're, you're probably playing in a beer league. Okay. Wouldn't you say? I, I, that's how I would characterize. I, I think the terms are pretty much interchangeable. But I, there are some more competitive Well, and let me just say, but the whole culture of hockey... Uh, is is centered like humility is a huge part of the culture of hockey. It just is. Yes. Look at all the, all the way to the to the the most elite players in the world. Hockey players at, at the pro level and everywhere down are, are are relatively speaking compared to other athletes relatively humble. Absolutely. And so I think that that, that spirit almost carries into beer league as well as where guys like, you know you find a guy in, in your workplace and and you never knew he played hockey and then you find out you go you, go, you play hockey and he goes yeah yeah I, you know I played a little bit growing up whatever and then you find out he played junior A. And and went out and played college, played in North Dakota, and you know, I mean, may or may not played played Div One or you know what I mean. Like that's kind of hockey. That's kind of how it works. So guys will say, guys that are very skilled hockey players, that guys that walk among us will still refer to it 
as beer league, even though you know, if if a guy like me was to step onto the ice in their version of beer league, I'd I, you know I'd look like an absolute idiot. Right. So I, this came up a little bit last night, and I didn't go too deep into it because, again, I you know I don't I don't I don't like to talk too much about things I don't have the firsthand experience with. But Kelly and Rudy, uh, Kelly Rudy, and I started talking about blocking shots, and he said as a goaltender. He would kind of wish you, you just got out of the way. And he says, I'm not going to give any names, but I've talked to enough current NHL goaltenders who say, I kind of wish I could just see every shot, but the mentality is now, you know, the forward challenges the point man, the defenseman fronts the guy in front and tries to block it, and, and that's just the mentality of the game. At, in, the, in the hockey you played this afternoon, yeah. what's the attitude towards shot blocking? Well, let me tell you. And I hope that Gibby's listening right now. Uh, Andrew Gibbons is so I'm playing on the I play left wing, right? Yeah. Everybody's going to text in right now. We knew it. Jesperson admits he's a left winger. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But uh, so I'm playing on left wing, and and Gibby's playing on the right point on defense, and so I'm I'm facing off against him. I mean, basically, I'm playing against him the entire time. You know, people in St. Albert are going to know the name Gibby. He played alongside Tim Losnick. That was the top D pairing when when the St. Albert Saints uh, won the AJ, and and also on that. I mean, that was you know that. Uh, uh, um, I mean, who was on that team? Like some crazy Mike Comrie was on that team. I think Corey Cross was on that team. Steve Reinprecht was on that team. Uh, it was a crazy team. I th- if I'm remembering, Cross, Cross is too old for that team. Was he but not that was on late nineties? Okay, so you yeah, know, but, but I know what you, I know that the players that came yeah. was Pisani on that. I might be wrong. He might have might have been around that time. That was just, that would have been just before I started covering. Yeah, the it was it was a great era of hockey for St. Albert, yeah. and so Gibby was like one of their star defensemen, a very important defenseman on that team. So when he and he still got game right, like and he slowed down maybe a tiny little bit. Uh, but I don't get past them, you know. And so, so are you, are you implying that me? I gotta, I gotta come talk on the radio tomorrow. You think that I'm dropping down to block a shot <laughs> well, from a guy that went in the lane? No, no, are I'm you not, kidding I'm me? Not saying McTavish has. Well, yeah. Arbonne so I try, to, I try to get. I see. Maybe you get in the lane. If you had to compare me to a, you know, I think I, I think I, 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 I skate like Mike Greer, and I've got the heart of Zach Cassian. You know, that's me as a hockey player. <laughs> so I, I understand that I need to mix it up a little bit. Elbows up, Gordy in the corners. Like I want guys. The only thing I've got going for me is that I'm a little bit crazy. So I do have to get in the way. I do have to get my stick in the mix. When the goalies right. kind of got the puck covered, but not totally, my stick's in there. I'm that guy. But everybody that participates in the game this afternoon, you're all friends. There's no, like, we're playing some team and I'm never going to see these guys again. No, so but that doesn't cheap. mean that, I mean, like, you know, that doesn't mean that there's not the odd moment. Okay. Yeah, there's the odd moment. Like, there's there's very rarely... I hope they're listening right now. I told them I was coming on the radio with you, so I guarantee some of them are. They should text in. These guys talk big. They say, I'm going to call the radio. Why don't you guys call in right now? Yeah, if you play if you play Beer League with Jespo, 780-496-006. Give us a call. Uh, I, I, these guys are just some of the biggest beauties I've ever met in my life. Uh, but, but there's the odd kerfuffle. Very, 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 very rarely would a punch ever be thrown. Like, right. very rarely. Uh, cage or visor? Uh, well, I was... I mean, I, I, I didn't wear a visor or a cage until two Aprils ago. It was April 4th. I took a puck right in the face. And well, your I, whole TV career, you're not, you weren't wearing any kind of facial protection. No, nah, that was kind of my thing. <laughs> and a I, maverick. That was, I mean, I, I remember doing Alberta budget interviews. Uh, it was on Global. and I, I hosted a, ho- a show here on 630 Chat. It was the day after the the provincial budget, it's a huge day. 
for for News Talk Radio. And I literally couldn't feel, I had ice on, I had a bag of peas on my face. I couldn't feel, I still read to this day, we're coming up on two years from taking that puck to the face. Coming up on two years, it'll be two years in April. I still cannot feel about six of my teeth when I brush them due to that. So that's when I started, I wear a full cage now. And and guys, you know, if you're going to beak me for wearing a cage, I'll take the cage off so we can talk. But like, (laughs) but I need to stop getting hit in the face with pucks. And that's because I was in front of the net. It was a guy on my own team that, you know, deflected puck. No, not deflected. Straight off his stick, right to my face. You didn't have a chance to get out of the way. Oh no! And he's a you know he can play. He's he, from Edson. Everybody knows Ryan Gilmore. He played for Nate. Played for the Ukes. He's got a snapshot that you don't want to take to the face. I can tell you that much. All right. So I'm also curious in the in in the level of hockey uh, you're playing. What's your what's your attitude towards back checking? Back checking. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Read the only time. I'm that just I... wondering. I'm just wondering because as soon as as soon as I, I can't remember how Kelly and I brought it up, but one of us made a joke about you know there are certainly many many guys who play recreational the, that would never dream of blocking a shot. And then of course I start getting the text like, "Hold the phone, Reed. I play beer league. I'm always in the lane. Teammates for you know like yeah. And I'm Your thinking, goalie okay, wants yeah, you to sure. get out of the lane. I'm thinking we yeah. got great goalies. One of our goalies today, guys, I'm playing against today was you know played with the Medicine Hat Tigers for a while. Like these guys, these guys are are competent, adequate goaltenders, uh, which is why it feels so great to put one past them. Uh, oh, did but, you score today? No, I didn't. But I, <laughs> No. But the guys that did told me it felt great. Well, yeah, the people. Anecdotally, you can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Scoring a goal uh, feels good. It looks it looks like a great moment in a guy's life to score a goal in Pure League. But no, back checking, that's what defensemen are for. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? That's what I. The only time I'm really going to. I'll skate. If I turn over the puck. I'm going to skate pretty hard to try to get it back. And I'm kind of kidding, obviously, we back check. But, like, it's, 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 it's a high level of hockey, but we're hacks. It's high level for hacks. Like, if you played... That if you, be your league name. If you played midget AAA or junior A, you would excel at Wednesday hockey for us, sure. right? Like, we're not... We're, you know, there's a couple guys that played, you know, and then, and then there's a bunch of us clowns. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I play for the love of the game, but I'm yeah. brutal, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, uh, if I go bar down, it's by accident. Uh, this texture says, uh, Robert, try being a leap baby. Miss 75% of birthdays. Back to our birthday discussion. But, I, mean, I don't feel bad, bad for leap that, babies. We should use that standardized calendar that the people have proposed. Where like January 1st is always a Monday, right? And then there's a leap week every fourth year or something like that. Uh, you would make New Year's Day a Monday? Or whatever it would be. You'd... I guess it would be a Sunday. Well, you'd get a long weekend that way. I, don't, I didn't think we're, this. My brains. I can't process. I can't start thinking. Don't about worry that. about it, man. I'm all over I, the place. I, I don't Trust even know the, four, I, the 14 people who regularly all of the stuff, the, the, the things that we've just talked about, and Robert wants to talk about the fact that you know, actually, though, you know, he well, Robert even, feels left out. I shows that, about inclusion. I think that Robert should feel pretty darn special. I think it would be very cool to be born on February 29th. I think that would be very, very cool. Because I would expect, number one, I mean, there'd be some sort of like, I mean, you know, your parents are probably going to do something on the 28th or the 1st, well, right? But on the 29th, it would be like the Olympics. Once every four years, it would be like, it is going to be a hell of a party. Well, what you could do every other year is tell half your friends you celebrate on the 28th and the other half say you celebrate on the 1st. And then you get two parties out of it. I'm not trying to like connive my be, be some sort of like connive. What do you? I, I don't support this attitude. This texture says, "Hey, Reed, ask Jespo if he has ever stroked another man's beard while playing." LOL at Patty Maroon. 
<laughs> that was uh, that was very cool. <laughs> that was incredible. What do you? What's the what's the word on that? Because I was working that game, so I didn't I didn't actually see well, it happen. Burns I just said heard... that that they uh, Maroon said they something like, "Do you have a nice beard?" and and Burns was like, "Do you want to touch it or something okay. like that?" So, but but there's not <laughs> like, do they are they are they friendly off the ice? Like I was trying to think back when Maroon was in Anaheim. Was there and Burns was in San Jose? Was there some sort? I of... I don't think they're are friendly they... off the ice. No, it was just, just kind normal. of an in the moment. Boy, kind the of thing. Burns post game interview, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Not the wordiest guy in the world. Uh, this texter simply says, well, I'll join you to just read it word for word. Ryan Jesperson running for Alberta Party leader. That's all it says. Not a question, just a statement. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not running. You're not for, running for Alberta Party leader. I'm not running Party for leader. Alberta Party leader. No. I thought about it briefly. That was a, it was a thing. How briefly? For like yeah. two seconds? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where you just kind of like, I don't know. Like, 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 if somebody's listening right now and and they see that marijuana is going to be legalized, some people in regular, ordinary, boring day jobs are probably thinking about opening cannabis retail. Or is probably that thinking, happening, by the way, or is that delayed now? Well, it's going to be delayed. We, when was it supposed to? Happen? I'm not. Like, I'm not the guy that says I called it, but I called it. Right. You know, it's not going to be on J- July 1st. Number one, I think you can't. Why make would it. they expect it to be on time? <laughs> Well, yeah, but and also, and also, I think they're it's, too busy snacking to get it done I, on time. Uh, I think it's disrespectful to, to to do it on Canada Day. I don't think you want to oh, associate. Can, they're going to call it Canada Day. What are they doing? April 20th? Everyone's going to. You're right. And and keep in mind that there has been some sort of legislative action on April 20th and past, and the electorate has perceived it to be uh, immature. It doesn't fly well politically. When you try to be cute about something like decriminalizing or legalizing drugs, it's a for a lot of people it's 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 an exciting time. And I think it should be exciting. I think that it opens up new doors for 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 medical options for people, for recreational options for people. I think it's going to generate tax revenue for the government. I think it's going to cut down on on on, on some people's affinity for alcohol. Um, and I think that there are going to be challenges that come with it too. But I think that a government needs to approach it with a seriousness uh, because it is very serious. And there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people that are very concerned about it, and their concerns deserve to be uh, treated in in a manner that shows respect. And and I think when you try to be cute about it, uh, I don't think people appreciate it. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I think that the people are the, that are the biggest advocates for legalization need to be the people that present their position most seriously. Because like you, you joked about, oh, they're too busy eating Doritos or people, you yeah, know. darn right I'm going to joke uh, about know, it. Yeah, sure. And, and you're more than welcome to do it. But I think but I think when that proves that a lot of people just think this is a bunch of stoner pothead losers. No, that's not actually what I think. No, but a lot of people do think that. And so that's why I think it needs to be approached oh, okay. with, with maturity and seriousness. People need to say, uh, you know, you may not be 100% on board with this. Not everybody's 100% on board with alcohol being legal, but we but we want to give 100% of people the confidence that, for example, you know, the police force is adequately, uh, you know, um, outfitted and educated and able to, to, you know, for example, you know, police impaired driving. Um, the one thing I find that's interesting, and, and I don't mean to go off on too much of a tangent here. With oh, this, this is but, great. I think it's really interesting that they're they're saying right now probably the biggest delay or at least the biggest political justification for delaying uh, the legalization. The Prime Minister saying in an interview out of Quebec last night that he thinks that it'll probably be later in the summer. Uh, the biggest way to get away, away with that politically because it's tough to argue against is that police are not adequately able right now to monitor or to test for for roadside impairment. And one of the things that I think that that ignores, and one of the things I hope it's reiterating with people, is that that's also a statement that, that right now, 
and I think we have to acknowledge many, 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 many people are driving impaired on cannabis currently, right now. There are people driving in Edmonton right now high. They're driving baked. And so if the if the police are, are suggesting that, hey, July 1st is too early because we're not able to test for this, you're suggesting, you're telling us, you're confessing in a way, and I hate to use that word. I'm, I don't, I'm not intending to come across as hard on the EPS. I, I think the EPS are, are, I have a ton of respect for what they do. And I hope that they appreciate my comment because I hope it puts support in their corner that they need more resources. But it's an admission by police forces across Canada that they're unable to adequately police it now and have been unable to adequately police it for decades and that should concern people that's incredible right canada's leading the czech republic for nothing early in the third period world junior tune-up game this is inside sports on 630 chet nhl tonight blue jackets leading the maple leafs 2-1 halfway through the game after one red wings and flyers are tied 1-1 st louis and calgary coming up of course, the Blues are here tomorrow to face the Oilers. 5.30 face-off show on 6.30, Chad. The game is going to start at 7. Uh, can you stick around after 7? I would love to. Because there's more I, I want to talk about with you. We're gonna, we're, we'll are gonna we'll take it back to the sport. We've way, already covered all the important stuff. We've covered uh, men's hockey. We've covered yeah. back-checking. And we've covered uh, cannabis legalization. Yeah. By the way, how many countries... Because certain states have it. Yeah. Do we know how many countries have it? Is it pretty Ooh, common in some parts great, of the world? I don't even know. That's a great question. Uh, like I know that a lot of people look to Portugal for its model. Portugal has decriminalized all drugs, and it's been a really interesting experience. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, a liberal MP. What's his name? Uh, is it Nathaniel Erskine Smith? I think. So is, in Portugal, you could walk down the street with a bag of cocaine openly visible. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the rules are on like possession or where you can. Okay. Because like, keep in mind, like, like legalization doesn't mean you can blow rails in the street. Of course, you can't be in a restaurant. Just you can't you come know, to work high and then pretending like, oh, like you're the cool. wolf of Wall Street. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like Portugal is an interesting model. You can read up on it. Ryan Jesperson is in studio. You can text six thirty six thirty. The phone number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio six thirty. Chet, we're back after the headlines on the weather.